Delta variant which was first detected in India is now spreading at an alarming rate. Health experts have been tracking a new variant of COVID-19 they say is nearly twice as contagious as previous strains and causing more breakthrough infections. This strain is called the Delta variant. What is the Delta variant? What does it mean for us? Are vaccines mitigating community spread of the variant? I'm producer Maritza Dominguez, and I'll be answering those questions in today's episode of the Arizona Republic's podcast, Valley 101. It's important to note the research and reporting of this episode took place within the last two weeks. And because information about the Delta variant is fluid, some facts and data you hear today may have become outdated or different. Our first case of the Delta variant was detected in April 2021. That's Dr. Sarah Scott, a medical epidemiologist with the Maricopa County Department of Public Health. Of all of the COVID-19 in the county that had testing to determine what the genetic sequence was that month, Um, And then in June, it accounted for almost 30% of all specimens that had genetic sequence testing. Um, And now in July, it's above 70%. In order to identify a positive case of COVID-19 as the Delta variant, the sample has to go through DNA sequencing. According to Dr. Joshua LaBaire, the executive director of the Biodesign Institute at the Arizona State University, this can take weeks to process. Dr. LeBaire walked me through how the new strains of the virus mutate. So let me start by saying that uh, that uh, the coronavirus that we're dealing with now, COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, is um, a, a virus that tends not to mutate very much. It's actually on the spectrum of viruses, one that tends to um, maintain what we call fidelity. It tends to copy itself pretty accurately. Here's how we put it. When a virus infects us, it instructs itself to make more copies of itself. As it makes more and more copies, every once in a while an error occurs. And then more versions of that virus with the error are made. Most of the time, these errors have no effect on the virus's behavior, or they are deleterious to the virus and make it less able to copy itself. But rarely, very rarely, a, um, a mutation will occur that makes the virus a better virus, a more infectious, more transmissible, higher copy number, something that makes it a better competitor than it's been the previous version. That's the case of what happened here with the Delta variant. This wasn't the first variant of COVID-19. In the spring of 2021, health experts had their eyes on the Alpha variant that was spreading throughout the United Kingdom. Eventually, the variant made its way to Arizona, but the Delta variant dominated those other versions because of how quickly it could spread throughout communities. But um, when Delta came to our state, very quickly it replaced Alpha, and what that implies is that it's better at infecting people. Now, why is it better at infecting people? Um, We have a couple of hints. One is that it tends to cause much higher copy numbers of virus in the person's body. So when people get infected with this virus, they make many more copies of this virus than than they did the other viruses. Many more copies means 
that there's more virus that's going to be in saliva when people talk and when those little droplets of saliva get out there and other people breathe them, then they will get infected by that variant. It also appears that this variant um, starts producing copies of virus in saliva even before the alpha variant did. Another trend this variant has brought to light are breakthrough infections. That's when someone who's been fully vaccinated tests positive for COVID-19. While those cases are not unique to the Delta variant, more are being reported because of this strain. It is not as transmissible in vaccinated people as unvaccinated people. Um, It's about 10 times less likely for a vaccinated person to get this virus than it is for someone who is unvaccinated. But it does happen. If someone who is vaccinated tests positive, their symptoms will be much less severe. And according to Dr. LeBaire, a vaccinated person can be infectious for a shorter period compared to an unvaccinated person. So the Delta variant is more transmissible and creates more viral load in infected people. Both Dr. LeBaire and Dr. Sarah Scott with the Maricopa County Public Health Department attribute that to the rise in our cases. So it's about twice as contagious as earlier strains of the virus. Um, And at this point is about as contagious as chickenpox. So that's definitely contributing to the increasing number of cases we're seeing in the Valley right now. The, The second part about it is that we're seeing an increasing number of hospitalizations. Um, And that's probably because the Delta variant can also cause more severe illness um, than previous strains. The illness that it causes looks similar. It looks the same, um, you know, as far as people feeling fatigued and shortness of breath and cough and um, occasionally difficulty breathing. Over the past two weeks, the state has reported several days with over 2,000 daily cases and continues to report new COVID-19-related deaths. According to the data from the CDC, as of August 10th, 46% of Arizonans have been fully vaccinated, which is four percentage points below the national average. Health experts say the vaccine is the best protection against COVID-19, which is reflected in the data they're analyzing. But we're seeing at least five to six times as many cases in unvaccinated people compared to vaccinated people. Um, So by far, the majority of cases, hospitalizations um, and deaths are are being seen in people who are unvaccinated. Um, To put it into perspective, out of uh, the more than 1.9 million people who have been fully vaccinated in Maricopa County, less than 0.4% of them have gone on to be a COVID-19 breakthrough case after they were vaccinated. There's also been an uptick in COVID-19-related hospitalizations. Dr. Scott said the majority of COVID-19 patients are unvaccinated. Data from the CDC suggests that the Delta variant causes more severe illnesses than previous strains in unvaccinated people. I think the thing that stands out the most from our previous waves of COVID is that we're at a point where this is a preventable illness um, and the vaccine can prevent people not only from getting infected, but also from um, them requiring hospitalization and having really severe outcomes if they do get infected. Um, So I think the biggest difference we're hearing is that most of the people in the hospital and especially those that are 
um, in the ICU or needing ventilators or are unvaccinated. If the vaccine is the best protection against the virus, why is there still a lag in the state's vaccination rates? To get a clearer understanding, I spoke with the Republic's healthcare reporter, Stephanie Innes. Now, I've also heard from people who have underlying health conditions and they're worried about getting the vaccine. And I think, you know, for those people, talking to their doctor is the best way to go. And I think some of their concerns are certainly understandable. If they've had major health problems in the past, they may want to talk to their doctor before they get vaccinated. There's also misinformation that is spread throughout social media channels. Stephanie also spoke with younger adults who say they don't need the vaccine because they're young and healthy, so they think they won't get sick. And then there are other factors as to why people haven't yet received the vaccine. Been to several vaccination events, and I've been to some where people have dropped in. You know, I was at one in Tucson where there was a sign, um, sandwich board saying free vaccine, and the people going in uh, still hadn't received the, the messaging that the vaccine truly is free. You don't need to have health insurance. You don't need to have any money. Um, you know, you're not going to get a bill in the mail, but not everybody um, believes that or knows that. And some people also don't know whether their immigration status could uh, prevent them from getting the vaccine, and it will not. Then there's a group that are vaccine-hesitant those who don't quite trust it yet. I asked Dr. LeBaire how the state or people who want to encourage their family members to get the vaccine can do that. So number one was just observing people around them and realizing that, yeah, you know, lots and lots and lots of hundreds and hundreds of millions of doses have been given and all those people are fine. The second thing that convinces people is someone personal in their lives kind of reaching out to them and suggesting that they do it, someone that they know and personally trust, not a voice on the radio, not a scientist that they've heard of from yada, yada, but you know, someone that they know personally, a doctor that they know personally, a relative that they know personally, who basically says to them, look, this is, you know, here are the reasons why you should do it. Dr. Scott also told me that the county plans on partnering with faith-based leaders and community organizations to continue to talk with folks and make sure they have all the information they need. She said it's important to get to 70 or 80% of a vaccinated population to reach herd immunity. The risk of having um, a vaccination rate that's below whatever herd immunity is, is that we run the risk of seeing different variants um, emerge in the future um, and, and are at risk of, of getting those and seeing future rate waves due to variants that we don't even know about right now. And according to Dr. LeBaire, Arizona is once again experiencing a surge. Um, the surge is largely driven by unvaccinated people, but in Arizona, that is, you know, the unvaccinated population is a substantial fraction of the state. Um, and consequently, we are seeing a rise in hospitalizations due to COVID-19, again, almost entirely among unvaccinated people. And we are starting to see um, that show up even in the death counts now. If you're vaccinated against COVID-19, you can take a deep breath. The likelihood of you getting infected is rare. At the same time, health experts are pushing for more mitigation actions to curb community spread. According to the CDC, the transmission level across all 15 counties 
is now categorized as high. At the end of July, the CDC backpedaled their previous mask guidelines to recommend people, regardless of their vaccination status, to continue wearing masks indoors if they are in communities with high transmission. Local health departments also updated their guidelines to reflect the CDC's guidance. Right now with our high levels of community transmission to wear masks when in indoor public places and really model that good behavior um, for their children um, because we would recommend that these children wear um, masks while they're in school as well because of the, the risk of transmission in indoor settings, uh, especially with a, a group of people who is too young to be vaccinated. At the moment, there is no mask mandate after Governor Doug Ducey lifted COVID-19 restrictions in March, leaving leaders in local municipalities unable to enforce mask mandates. Schools also cannot legally require students and employees to wear masks indoors after the state legislature passed a law banning such mandates. However, some school districts are defying such orders in attempt to mitigate community spread. I asked Stephanie what response she's seen from lawmakers as the numbers in daily COVID-19 cases rise. They seem to be sticking to their guns. Um, I have noticed uh, a few invitations this week to um, panel conferences um, from people, various public health officials who are upset that they say the state is not doing enough, specifically the governor's office. And in fact, our, they feel that they're hindering um, our efforts to mitigate this virus because the governor has prevented universities from requiring um, the vaccine and it has prevented uh, public schools from requiring students to wear masks, um, you know, in K through 12, which those two issues seem to be really um, controversial at this point um, with public health people. On August 11th, officials at all three public universities, Arizona State University, Northern Arizona University, and the University of Arizona, announced they are requiring students and faculty to use face coverings in all classrooms, research labs, and indoor facilities. As mentioned earlier in the episode, other variants of COVID-19 could appear and potentially be stronger. Dr. LaBear said it's inevitable that this will happen, as long as there are lots of people infected with the virus. Although the virus isn't purposely trying to mutate to a more uh, aggressive version, um, sooner or later, one will happen. And if it does happen, it will start to dominate just like this one did. So there are already other variants out there. There's an epsilon out there. There's others that are coming out. We don't exactly know what to expect from them, but it, it may well happen. And the best way to stop it by far is to just reduce the number of copies of virus on planet Earth. Basically just get as many people vaccinated everywhere as we can. And this is a reminder that this pandemic is truly a planet-wide problem. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you've got more questions about the COVID-19 pandemic, make sure to submit them to our team at valley101.azcentral.com. And if you're a regular listener of our show, please consider supporting it by subscribing to azcentral.com. As a courtesy note, audio in today's episode came from India Today on YouTube. And as always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. 
Also, if you're a fan of Arizona politics, be sure to check out The Gaggle, our sister podcast that breaks down local issues and helps you keep up with the state's political news. See you next week.